Salvete omnes, welcome to the AP Latin Podcast. The goal of this podcast will be to cover the lines from Caesar's De Bello Gallico and Virgil's Aeneid that are found on the AP Latin curriculum. Each two-part episode will cover a selection of lines from Caesar and Virgil. I will present the Latin and English of the text, providing relevant clarification, background, and cultural information that will help put the readings in their proper context. I encourage you to read along with me as you listen to the Latin and to use the English as a way to check your understanding rather than relying on the English for understanding. Each episode will conclude with some essential questions to consider as you process through the meaning of the text. Parati, eamos. AP Latin Podcast, Episode 10A, De Bello Gallico, Book 5, Chapters 24 and 25. In this episode, you will learn that Caesar still solves all the problems, but that everything may not be sunshine and rainbows in the land of the Gauls. Subductis navibus concilioque gallorum samarobriwae peracto, quod eo anno frumentum in Gallia propter sicitates angustios provenerat, coactus est aliter ac superioribus anis exercitum in hibernis collocare, legiones quae in plures civitates distribuera. Exquibus unam in morinos ducendum, Gaio Fabio legato dedit, alteram in nervios quinto Ciceroni, tertiam in Eusebios Lucio Roscio, quartam in remis cum Tito Labieno in confinio treverorum hiamare usit. Tres in Belloacis colocavit, his Marcum crossum quaestorum et Lucium munatium plancum et Gaium trebonium legatos praefecit. Unam legionem quam proxime transpadum conscripserat et cohortes quinque in eburones, quorum pars maxima est intermosam acrenum, qui sub imperio ambiorigis et catawolci erant misit. His militibus quintum titurium sabinum et lucium arunculeum catam legatos praese usit. Ad hunc modum distributis legionibus facilime in opii frumentariae sese mederi posse existimavit. Atque harum tam in omnium legionum hiberna praeter eam quam lucio roscio in pacatissimam et quietissimam partem ducendum dederat. Milibus passum centum contenebantur. Ipse interia quoad legiones collocatas munitaque hiberna cognoviset in Gallia morari constituit. Erat in carnutibus sumo loco natus tasgetius, cuius maiores in suaquitate regnum obtinuerant, huic caesar pro eos virtute atque in se benevolentia, quod in omnibus belli singulari eos opera fuerat usus, maiorum locum restituerat. Tertiam iam hunc anum regnantem inimici multis palam ex civitate auctoribus interficerunt, defertur ea res ad Caesarem. Ille veritus, quod ad plures pertinebat, ne civitas eorum impulsu deficeret, lucium plancum cum legione ex Belgio celeriter incarnutes perficisci iubet, ibique himare quorumque opera cognoerat tasgetium interfectum, hos comprehensos ad se metera. Interim ab omnibus legatis quaestoribusque quibus legiones tradiderat, certior factus est in hiberna perventum locumque hibernis esse munitum. After the ships were withdrawn and the assembly of the Gauls had been held at Samarobriva, because in that year grain in Gaul because of droughts had come in too thinly, he was compelled otherwise than in previous years to place the army in winter camps and to distribute the legions into many tribes one of which he gave to the legatus Gaius Fabius to be led into the Marini, 
another to Quintus Cicero and to the Nervii, a third to Lucius Roscius to the Esubii, a fourth he ordered to winter in the Remi with Titus Labienus in the confines of the Treveri. Three he placed in the Bellovaci. Over these he put in charge the Quaestor Marcus Crassus and the Legati Lucius Munatius Plancus and Gaius Trebonius. One legion, which he had conscripted nearby across the Padus River, and five cohorts he sent into the Eberones, of whom the largest part is between the Mosa and the Rhenus rivers, who were under the imperium of Ambiorix and Catavolcus. Over these soldiers he ordered the legati Quintus Titurius Sabinus and Lucius Arunculeus Cotta to be in charge. With the legions distributed in this way, he thought he would very easily be able to remedy the lack of grain and yet the winter camps of all of these legions beyond that which he had given to Lucius Roscius to be led into a very pacified and tranquil area were contained within 100 miles. Meanwhile, he himself, until he had found out that the legions were positioned and the winter camps fortified, decided to remain in Gaul. There was in the Carnutes Tascatius, a man born in the highest position whose ancestors had obtained ruling power in his tribe. To this man, for his virtus and goodwill towards Caesar himself, because in all the wars he had used his unique skills, Caesar had restored the position of his ancestors. Now in the third year ruling, with many originators openly from the tribe, hostile men killed him. This matter is reported to Caesar. He, having feared, because it was pertaining to many, that the tribe might revolt by the instigation of those people, orders Lucius Plancus to depart quickly with the legion from Belgium into the Carnutes and to winter there and to send to him those people having been arrested by whose work he had learned Tascatius had been killed. Meanwhile, from all legati and quaestores to whom he had handed over the legions, he was made more certain that it had been arrived into winter camps and that the place had been fortified for winter camps. Book 5 chronicles the events of 54 BC, with Caesar calling an assembly of Gallic tribal leadership, which a few tribes refused to attend, forcing Caesar to deal with them and then launching a second invasion of Britain, this one somewhat more successful, before finally returning again to Gaul to winter his troops. Where the AP curriculum lines pick up, Caesar is deciding how to manage putting up his army for winter in response to grain shortages caused by drought. His decision, which he states was contrary to previous years, is to divide the army up and locate them among several different tribes for the winter. At this point, according to the text, he has eight legions, which means he has doubled the size of his army since first invading Gaul in 58. So he splits his army and spreads them out, assigning command of each legion to various legati, officers drawn from senatorial ranks who could be given imperium and command over a legion. The use of legatus in this context is different from legatus used to mean ambassadors, which we have seen in several instances in earlier sections, particularly of Gauls sending ambassadors to Caesar. There is one other position that Caesar mentions as being given some command authority over the divided winter camps, that of quaestor. The position of quaestor within the Roman army was the equivalent of the quartermaster, responsible for managing pay and supplies for the soldiers. Becoming quaestor either in the army or in the city government was considered the first step on the cursus honorum, the path of Roman politics that would ultimately lead one to the consulship. The Marcus Crassus mentioned here as Quaestor is not the famous Marcus Crassus, member of the Triumvirate. This is his eldest son, who is also named Marcus Crassus. It's sometimes a little confusing keeping everyone's names straight, but Roman naming conventions very frequently had the eldest son taking the full name of the father, though Marcus Licinius Crassus's eldest son is also Marcus Licinius Crassus. Marcus Tullius Cicero's eldest son was also Marcus Tullius Cicero, etc. Crassus Jr. is one of only two quaestors mentioned by name in the Bellum Gallicum, 
the other being Mark Antony. So maybe Caesar is playing a little politic here by mentioning the son of his fellow triumvirate member inside of his work. There is another famous name that gets dropped in this list, Quintus Cicero, who is the younger brother of Marcus Cicero, the famous lawyer, orator, and consul who put down the Catiline conspiracy, and who, at this time and for most of both of their careers, was a colleague, rival, counterpart, and frenemy to Julius Caesar. Cicero and Caesar remained in constant correspondence with one another, trying to one-up each other in almost all spheres of life. To give you a brief example of how this played out in more than just politics, in 54 BC, the same year as the events that we are reading about here, Cicero published a book titled De Oratore, discussing the ideal Latin and oratory style. Shortly after this, Caesar wrote a two-part book titled De Analogia, which sadly has not survived except in fragments. The book is about the Latin language and the principles of correct Latinity, and many scholars argue that it is a direct reaction to Cicero's De Oratore, and Caesar dedicates his book to Cicero. In the dedication, he says of Cicero, Te paine principem copiae atque inventorem. You, referring to Cicero, are almost the leader and inventor of the fullness of rhetorical language. Cicero, in a later work titled Brutus, makes mention of this dedication and has one of the characters inside the dialogue respond to Caesar, saying of Caesar, Illum omnium ferre oratorum latine loqui elegantissime. He, referring to Caesar, speaks the most elegantly of almost all of the Latin orators. The mixed nature of their relationship comes through in these two statements. They are both praising the other, but they can't quite allow themselves to say that the other is the best at something. They both describe the other as almost the best, and subtly imply who is really better. This doesn't really pertain directly to the Gallic Wars, but it is a neat story, and it can help you get a fuller picture of Caesar the Man and the fact that, even while engaged in a war with Gallic tribes and absent from Rome, he is still in the center of not only politics, but of literature and of shaping the face of the Latin language and of oratory. So maybe putting Quintus Cicero in charge of a legion for the winter was another chance to play politic and curry some favor with the older brother. But Quintus will comport himself very well, as we will see in future episodes. Then, because of the assassination of Tescatius, Caesar is forced to move one of his legions into the Carnutes to be a presence there. He sends Plancus to investigate and arrest and send the perpetrators to Caesar. And this is the first hint that Caesar gives that there is some unrest bubbling beneath the surface and that everything might not be calm and peaceful in Gaul this winter. Though Caesar waits around until he is sure that everyone is settled into their winter camps before leaving himself for the winter. In order to stay more closely in touch with events in Rome, Caesar would usually spend his winters in Cisalpine Gaul or in the province, which was as close to the city as he could get while commander of the army. While he was holding proconsular imperium over a province, it was illegal for Caesar to enter Italy. Which is why, when Caesar crosses the Rubicon River, the boundary between Cisalpine Gaul and Italy, in 49 BC, it is seen as a declaration of civil war. As a final note, the winter camp that Caesar gives the most attention and description to is the legion and cohorts he sent into the territory of the Eberones. Caesar makes mention of two Gallic leaders, Ambiorix and Catavolcus, as being in charge of this territory. And over the legion in this territory, Caesar places two legati, Sabinus and Cotta. This is all set up for future events as this camp, the camp of Quintus Cicero and Ambiorix, will become focal points for the rest of the Book 5 narrative. As we close out the episode, here are some essential questions to consider. How does Caesar portray himself and his leadership decisions in this passage? 
Caesar spells out exactly which Gallic tribes receive which legions, and exactly who is in charge over each legion. Why does he provide the audience with so many details? Why did Caesar decide to remain in Gaul longer than usual? Why does Caesar mention the murder of Tascatius in his otherwise administrative-sounding list of winter camps and legati? What might he be implying about the situation in Gaul? Are there instances in the Aeneid of times when situations appear safe and well but really aren't? Gratias ago pro auscultando, valete.